Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Game of Loans podcast with me, Sam Norris. Um, this episode was quite hurriedly put together, so I apologise in advance because obviously the coronavirus is taking us all um, sort of by storm at the moment and I wanted to get something out there to talk about the mortgage, the lending, the banking market as soon as I possibly can to cover this uh, subject off and I thought the best way of doing this was actually to share with you an interview that I did with a good friend of mine, Brendan Quinn, who for those of you that don't know um, is the man behind the Central London Property Network and the commercial and development summits that run throughout the year and we went on a Zoom call earlier on and discussed the um, the implications of the coronavirus and the potential self-isolation and lockdown in the UK on the market. So without any further ado and as rough as this is I'm going to go straight into that interview with Brendan uh, and don't forget Brendan is interviewing me on this occasion so don't get confused. Um, thank you very much for listening and if you enjoy this episode please do uh, subscribe and of course if you want to give me a review as well I would be most grateful. Uh, straight into the interview, thanks. So I'm delighted this afternoon to be with Sam Norris Sam Norris of Bond Financial Services. Sam, you, you directly present at the Central London Property Network. Um, I'm delighted that we still have you on the 26th of March on a virtual online. Um, like most property meets, it is going to be online over the next yep. few months. Well, yeah. I say next few months, hopefully next few weeks, but maybe yeah, months. We'll, see. Is, we'll yeah. see what happens. So look, in terms of lending, in terms of funding for property development, um it was quite good at the beginning of the year um, yeah. we're now into march mid-march um and of course things change all the time so depending on when the listeners are listening to this as well so this is 17th of march and um, who knows um what what's going to be like um in april or may or even at the end of the weekend but mm -hmm. do you just want to explain sam a little bit about yourself first of all and then we're going to finance yeah absolutely um i mean me, me myself as you know um a, a broker at bond finance i've been doing it for 13 years most of that time especially the last sort of six or seven um my focus has been entirely on investors and developers so raising funds for um buy to let uh, purchases hmos development projects commercial uh, mortgages and and bridging finance all, all the financial tools that investors and developers need and uh, you're quite right brendan beginning of this year we got off to an absolute flyer um i think with brexit sort of coming to a close if you like or at least us having some idea of what was happening there with the um whether you're a tory or a or a labor supporter with a majority um government which you know adds a bit of strength to any um any economy um you know that happening before christmas we started the new year in you know straight out the blocks really and um you know, funding levels have been high, transaction levels have been high. Um, I know that some brokers speak more about it than others in terms of transaction levels, but, you know, I myself have just seen tons and tons and tons of activity. So we got off, we got off to a great start in 2020. Um, we was almost like we were waiting for something to happen to, uh, to knock us off our perch a little bit. <laughs> so, look, we've had the effect of coronavirus. It's interesting. I was also speaking to, I don't think he classes himself as an economist, but the closest I've spoken to anyone who's an economist at the moment, he was talking about the oil price having an effect as well. Mm -hmm. um, look, 
how has it changed in the last week or 48 hours or has it changed even in the last 24 hours the funding sam well, is, is it such a that's way too narrow and you have to look a little bit longer term well i think the, the first the first thing that we saw was that the bank of england cut their interest rates slashed the interest rates 0.75 to 0.25 that's a big 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 cut i know that the uh, federal reserve in america have just uh, tried to they kick us off our perch, if you like, um, by getting it down to zero. But, um, but yeah, 0.25, in, insane. What I've been fielding a lot is calls and texts and messages um, about, oh, where, you know, I need to hold off because interest rates are going to go down. Well, it, it doesn't quite work like that. Um, you know, if you go back 20 years, then, yeah, there's probably going to be more of an effect because people were on tracker rates um, a lot of the time. And so... The, they would see almost an instant impact to those interest to to their own interest rates going down. What I'm getting a lot now is people talking about right. I'm buying or I'm remortgaging soon. Should I hold off or should I try and delay things um, for a, for a week or two so that I can take advantage of new rates? And um, and I've had to say to all of them pretty much the same thing in that um, there's no guarantee that that's going to happen, um, especially not in the short term because how. Um, interest rates actually work in simplistic terms is that every mortgage product that you see um, it's not necessarily the same when it comes to to bridging and and development but um, but certainly for mortgages the every product that you see is actually a rate and a, and a product that's connected to an individual funding line so they might a, a bank might say right we're going to put aside 500 million um, and that's going to be our 2.99 percent buy to let interest rate with a 1995 fee at 70% loan to value, and that's their product. They won't change that until that 500, 500 million has been used. And then they will release a new product um, to replace that. And so if you look at you know, some lenders, they've got 20 different rates, 20 different products. Um, so rates won't categorically just be cut overnight they will start to to go down over time um so i've said to most most of my, my clients don't let this delay what you're doing because there's no certainty as to when that's likely to occur and it could be months so um and and that's if they decide to do it at all they're under no obligation to cut rates they can set their rates as and when they want and the market at the moment um you know is quite strong i do think rates will start to come down because there's a lot of liquidity in client and uh, and lenders want to and banks Sam, want to get that money out when you say the market's quite strong in, in what reference in terms of the liquidity so banks have a lot of money uh, this was our this was basically what what distinguishes any kind of economic downturn that we're going to see now in comparison to, to 10 12 years ago when we had the credit crunch there wasn't enough money now there's with banks have got banks are in funds more than they've ever been in the history of of, of the of the UK economy in, in from what I can understand. So, so you so, see it very differently from two thousand seven two thousand eight. Chalk and cheese, yeah, absolutely. It's completely completely different. Um, I think the the issue that we have now is that lenders can't get the money out the door quick enough, um, and it's because of regulation and because of changes in taxation laws and, and all these other various other things that get in the way. That's what's elongating, um, you know, turnaround times and, and, and 
transaction times when it comes to purchasing and selling property. Um, it's not the lenders themselves not having enough money to, to complete those transactions. So that, that's a real positive. That's something that's really strong and that's not going away. Interest rates going down, again, a positive thing. And I think over the course of the next quarter or so, we are going to start seeing hopefully a bit of an effect to that. I don't think it's going to be as much of an effect as everyone thinks that it is, but I think there is going to be have an effect. Now, that's they're the positives. Unfortunately, the negatives um that we're that we're probably going to see as a result of the coronavirus are the same that we're going to see in many many other industries and that's just a general slowdown because of availability of people um you know i myself i'm literally sitting i'm actually sitting on my bed at the moment um the wife is in the living room and i didn't want to disturb her so i'm sitting on my bed at home um and a lot of people are doing the same i'm lucky you're lucky we have the technology and the ability to work from anywhere in the world mm. there are a lot of people that don't have that ability and there are also some some parts of the process that require something being done in person and the big thing i think is valuations um valuations i need to pretty much be done face to face someone actually needs to go and see a property if and virtual reality well, is not sufficient it's not I think I actually think in the future, this is going off topic a little bit. I think virtual reality will become a big thing in the future. I think that that's where valuations potentially might be heading to, which would be, which actually would be brilliant for the market. I think, um, however, um, the, at the moment we're not there. We do require for 90% of transact property purchase and selling transactions in the UK for a physical human being to be there. And if, and if surveyors are, um, Sorry about that. Uh, just disappear for two seconds um if um if the market uh, sorry if, if surveyors are being forced to self-isolate and, and being at home then they physically can't that, go around the, the properties that, that that is a really good point about surveyors so mm. um whether it's bank surveyors or your own surveyor which you've employed um do bank surveyors work very differently though to your own surveyors they generally use the same same types of companies. Um, you know, most mortgage lenders will use ESERV, Connells, Allied, these kinds of people anyway, um, which tend which tend to be panel surveyors. Or you know, we're seeing the VAS panel being used a lot now. They're still they're still going to be you know they're not going to change the way in which they they work, and it's not really going to be too much difference I think between the people that we've got. Um, uh, if you went if you went yourself to a local surveyor to going and, and, and getting one done through a um through a lenders panel of surveyors it's still the same issue that we've got is just lack of people that are available and uh and we were seeing that as well with lenders um that that's one of the first things i started to see was um i was having a discussion um with two bridging lenders today that usually they're really really quick at coming back to me on on stuff and uh one of them i've not been able to get in touch with since uh, yesterday morning and when I did finally get in touch with them this afternoon, they just said, we are working on a skeleton staff. We've got a lot of people self-isolating, so a lot of people at home, but we are not as an organization set up for people to be able to work from home. And mm. so they're actually losing staff rather than staff being reallocated. I've had lots of emails from other lenders saying we are working on making sure that our staff can work from home, um, especially people like business development managers and things like that they are able to work all over the place but it's those those back office people that are absolutely fundamental to the speed of these sorts of transactions whether it be a mortgage lender bridging lender development lender whatever 
um, it's those people, those underwriters, um, you know, the admin staff, the, the processing staff, the case managers, these are the people that are the unsung heroes a lot of the time of these transactions. And unfortunately, most lenders aren't set up for those people to be able to work um, outside of the office environment. Sam, I'm not sure you can like me saying this, but I will say it. So to me, it feels like it's a cash market. It is. Yeah, there's, there's, there's money. There's lots of money about. Mm. But when I say cash market, it's for the people who've actually got cash, not getting lending. Absolutely. Um, I mean, look, at, at any point, there are pros and cons to buying with cash over, over borrowing. Obviously, from my perspective, and I like to think that I'm quite fair, um, if I think that somebody is better off buying something with cash, I'll always uh, advise them of that. Um, I'd rather have longevity with my clients than trying to be transactional. Um, and, and a quick win is often not the way to, to, um, to give, you know, give rise to that kind of relationship. But, uh, but you are right, maybe more than others, this might be a good cash market. Um, if you can complete on transactions quickly through cash, then that can be something you can do. And then maybe once the lending market improves again or, or gets a bit quicker, funds could be raised post um you know post purchase but then of course of course that's got its own issues as well but um but i think the the, the thing is with with sometimes with with buying cash is um you know you're 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 losing your cash reserves maybe more than you would if you were able to just put a little bit down and borrow some um that's always that's always going to be the issue but but you're right in this instance um it could be the difference because i think there are still opportunities out there and i said this to a client the other day there are still opportunities you know mr and mrs smith from down the road that are desperate to try and move into their retirement home in malaga um still have a deadline to do that and there's, there's still a pain point there you know somebody that's that's six months behind on their mortgage payments that happened before coronavirus came along so you know, they've still got a pain point there that someone needs to go and solve for them. So these pain points are still there. Um, and if it's harder to get the lending because of the processing time or the unavailability of valuers, then that might give the opportunity for those that have got the cash reserves. Mm. Sam, look, maybe when we can catch up in person, we can go through this in a bit more detail. I'm just mm -hmm. thinking so many opportunities in prop tech for surveyors out there or maybe mm -hmm. not surveyors but using property technology i don't want to upset surveyors either because i've got oh i said so i upset surveyors on a daily basis don't worry about it <laughs> but but possibly when we have things like coronavirus you can see why prop tech comes in so mm -hmm. importantly into the equation as well look we're going to have you joining us on the 20th of this month as well uh, which is in just a few days on Friday, Friday morning, 9 a.m. wasn't mm -hmm. my decision to have it so early in the morning. <laughs> um, Jack asked to do it at 9, 9 a.m. Oh, um, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, so it's a commercial summit post review asking those key questions. I'm sure there's going to be some finance questions which will come up as well. Um, Always is. So look, that's this coming Friday and then 26th, my first ever, and for many people, um, it's their first ever physical meet, which has been converted into uh, Zoom. So Zoom has done very well because of this coronavirus, to be fair. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Out of, out of every adversity, there is opportunity. I can't remember who said that, but I think it's a, if, if no one said it, I'm going to coin that. That's quite good, isn't it? 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure someone must have. Sam, so people can reach you online as well. You're fairly easy to reach, particularly, I would say, on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's probably my, my platform of choice at the moment, Facebook and Instagram. Um, my name on Instagram is at the Sam Norris. I wanted to be known as the, the Sam Norris, the only. Um, and that's the same handle for Twitter as well and for TikTok for anyone that uses that. Um, but they can also find me on YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn by typing in my name as well. So a little bit of a tricky question, final question. It's not that hard, but and it may be just hard to answer. So you said one of the major challenges is surveyors at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you said there's back office team as well. Um, but in terms of how, how much delay do you think the process is? Are we talking 10, 20% maybe? it's easier to talk in weeks rather than yeah a good if we're talking just of of surveyors just just to pigeonhole that particular point which which i think might become the the issue for the next sort of few weeks at the very least is to make comparisons to other points of the year when surveyors are actually in high demand um because they're they're sort of few and far between and there's few on the ground which is usually over the holiday months july and august um, and over the Christmas period as well. Traditionally, those periods, there aren't that many, very many surveyors about um, because all, they all go on the holidays at the same time, which is you know school holidays and that sort of stuff. At that time, you can sometimes be waiting two to three weeks for a, for a, a slot. So we could, that, I think that's the best comparison to make is at the moment, if I'm doing a bridge for a client, usually we get someone in um, three to four days, you know, max. Um, and then we have to give them a few days to get the report together. At the moment, sorry, moving forward, we might be waiting two to three weeks for those slots and then having to wait even longer than afterwards, maybe another week for the reports to come back. Now, if you're doing something like bridging or development finance, there's other things we can get going at the same time. We can be doing the underwriting, we can be doing the legal work. But for a standard mortgage, where things are quite um, are done sort of in a very particular order, mm. that that's where we might see that slowdown happening because you know, you'll, you'll do the underwriting as normal. We'll have maybe some issues because there might be lack of underwriters in the office, but hopefully lenders will get around that issue and have people working from home and have the ability to do that through technology. Um, but then we'll get to the valuation stage and some there'll, there'll be then weeks of inactivity on a transaction before it then goes to, to legals. So that's where I, I see potentially um, an issue coming about as a result of the, the self-isolation, all this kind of stuff. Sam, I just want to say massive thanks, not just for today, but uh, for taking time out on Friday coming up, the 20th. And no just to reiterate, the 26th is a virtual event. It is on, um, but it's via uh, Zoom as well. So massive thanks, Sam, and massive thanks to the audience out there as well. Thank you. No problem at all. Cheers. So that's it. Thanks very much for listening, guys. And if you enjoyed this episode and you know someone else that might, please firstly subscribe to my podcast. And if you would, I would love it if you could give me a five-star review. And of course, if there is someone else that you think might enjoy this or any other of the podcasts, please do share this with your communities on social media and tag me in it and I'll be eternally grateful. Thanks very much, guys. And I'll catch you on the next episode.